receiving end of a storm dudley is it is, is that, that what storm? just hit me in the face while i was walking to the job yeah i just went to the office it's like oh it might stop raining um soon and then i looked at my phone and it's just my electricity company being like we're gonna keep your power on during this new storm oh. and while i've been sat here trying to adjust my audio i can hear that sounds like, yeah we decided like oh the weather's a bit crap we won't take the dog for a walk today and then like left my house and just saw the bins everywhere and was like oh no is there anything like just more heartbreaking than when you see someone trying to put the bins out when it's windy <laughs> and just like the lid blows off and all the rubbish flies down the street and they're like oh no that was me earlier just the recycling bin was empty because it just got empty the other day and it's like the lid is open it's full of water now and i'm just like oh i'm gonna have to deal with this shit the worst one for me is uh when i lived in that I think it was actually a big house you lived in after me. Like yes, you moved yeah. in when I was doing. The window blew away. Oh, God. Like one of our roommates had her window open um, <laughs> uh, when it was like a gale force gale force wind outside. And it was just like, it wasn't modern windows. It was like an old one on like the tiny little hinge. And it yeah. blew open, flew off. And then just like there was like a mini tornado in her room. And all we heard from everyone was like... <laughs> And we like we had to kick a door down. What the fuck's going on? And you just saw like, all of her work for you, like whoa, whoa. Oh, fuck. and it's just like, well, I'm glad that's not me. Yeah, you just look at it. Well, I'm glad that's not me. Was she in the room at the time? Uh, no, that's why we had to oh, say no. like we think your window blew away. It's like what? <laughs> it's like yeah, your your room's a shit show. I think I think she was in the room that you were in. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you remember that room? Like how windy that got. It did, yes. And, like, just to clarify, all that happened was, like, the that was a big house and, like, you know, you and other people that I knew lived there. And then when you and some people moved out, you and moved me in. and a couple of other people moved in. The party house. It, it, I wasn't doing some weird, like, stalking of Carl, like, following where he lived or something. No, it was just the party house, even though we had no parties there. We played a lot of Smash Bros. Anyway, it's episode 107, 106. Uh, 107, I think, yeah. 107 of the podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Hello, Lucas. There we go. I have to do that. because otherwise... I keep forgetting to introduce you. Because yeah. you never know when it's going to be someone's first um, uh, podcast here. You don't. And that's why like, I don't like putting the numbers in the actual um, episode title. Because yeah, it's, uh... if somebody new's coming in and they go, oh my God, like this is number 107 or whatever, He's gonna that, that's a bit off-putting. It is, yes, but where if it's just like here, it's just a random name. So that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll give that a listen. But yeah, so, yeah. Uh, anything you've been up to this week, Monfra? Uh, no. Besides just is... getting your shit pushed in by the wind, just yeah. Fujin coming in. Um, no, this week is more like me getting ahead on editing so that I can prep. I can prep Carl because. There is a Destiny expansion coming out next week, and I'm going to stream the fuck out of it. I can tell that you're getting really excited. Because like, you've messaged me saying, can I come down and record earlier? And I was like, sure, you can record whenever you want to. Because Destiny's going to, oh, you're definitely, you're going to be completely out of um, uh, contact. So like, yeah, time. Tuesday afternoon onwards, I'm going to just be like, playing a shit ton of Destiny, both on and off stream. And that's going to be my life for a few days. I understand, and I respect it. So I was just like, Carl, uh, can I come down specifically on Monday? Because Tuesday, there's a there's a Destiny happening. expansion, and I'm going to be completely um, uh, just engrossed in that for the foreseeable future. And it's quite annoying as well. Like, it's not, and I'm, you know, obviously saying like, 
oh, it's annoying having to deal with these like first world problems, living in a you know relaxed work environment and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just that Horizon Forbidden West, a game I've been looking forward to for a long time, comes out this Friday. Okay, and I'm like, well, I'm not even going to start that. Because I'm not starting a 70-hour game four days before the Destiny expansion comes out. Yeah, which is going to be the 10,000-hour game. There is something I want to talk about with Horizon. Mm -hmm. Did you see that amazing tweet about it? Oh, the Virgins (laughs) came out, yeah. (laughs) Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, so if you know that, Lucas, describe it for the audience. You know what? I feel like a recurring theme on this podcast or a recurring segment that I really enjoy is... Just let's just dunk on something stupid we saw on the internet. We've run <laughs> out of personal like, stories. We've not been really been doing much. This week's shitty hot take. Uh, that's the thing. I'm a member of a forum that I exclusively look for hot takes on, and there's like one every day. Mm-hmm. There's so many that I actually forget what they are, and then or like forget to bring them up on the podcast because another one. Like one that I saw just casually that put me on my ass was a discussion about Resident Evil 4's remake, and there's just top comment from a guy, it's like, yeah, I hope they remove all the corniness and cheesiness from it. It's like, the fuck is this? It's like, it's literally meant to be a B-movie. Yeah, it's like so, and like, I hope we take all the che- uh, The other one I saw the other day was, um, controllers don't have enough buttons on them, we need to redesign the controller. And it's like, what? No, they're perfect. They've been refined to an art form now. And I would also argue that they have redesigned them because they've got like the Xbox controllers and stuff with the back panels on them. And the paddles, yeah. And, like, but they're legitimately. If you really need four more buttons. We've already done that. But they were sat there going, oh, we need to bring back like the six face buttons. Like, and they were legitimately arguing for bringing back the white and black buttons from the Duke. And I'm like, fuck off. Who's, who is this? What is this t- horrible, horrible hot take? And I'm not going to tell anyone where I find these hot takes, because if I do, then they might have to listen to this podcast. And I also don't want to give the person that we're about to talk about any credit for this shitty hot take, because I don't like giving the actual person exposure, because I think a lot of people put out this kind of shit just to get attention. But at the same time as well, you can always, like, there's always that thing in the back of your head of, they actually think like this. And if they don't, there's people out there who agree with it, which is why they retweeted it, and which is why they argue with the people who dunk on it, mm-hmm. as yeah. happens very often. So what was this take, Lucas? This take was just a picture of like the protagonist of the Horizon games, uh, Aloy. It was just like a promotional picture. I'm not sure if it was like an in-game model or not. But either way, um, you know, as women do, Aloy had hair on her face. Also, sorry, sorry, Lucas. As humans do. Not women. Yeah, exactly. As, as just humans. humans. Like, children, women, men, uh, every human has a bit of, like, fuzz on their skin. Like, the no, no, sorry, sorry, Lucas. We've got, sorry. Mammals. Yes. <laughs> All mammals, mammals yeah. have fur. And, um, yeah, somebody just turned around and was like, well, I don't know why Aloy, a woman, has a beard. It's like, tell me you've never been near a woman without telling me you've been near a woman. Exactly, yeah. It's like... All, as we said, all humans have body hair, women included. And it was fantastic just seeing like uh, the women in like the people, you know, responding to the people dunking on this and stuff. And they're Being always like, the most hilarious responses, yes. Because it's like I saw people taking the piss out of this, and then that's bringing attention to like other women who see this and go, "Holy shit!" Like they men don't understand, do they? Like men really don't know how much women have to groom if they want to be like 
this hairless facade that men think they naturally are. Well, that's the thing as well. Like, the hair that's in that picture. So it's just the peach fuzz, if anyone's if no, no one's seen the photo. Uh, which is the hair all people naturally have on their face. And then yeah. men's peach fuzz tends to grow through and get a bit thicker, which will become a beard. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the most beautiful, or one of the most widely beautiful women in history, uh, Marilyn Monroe, she actually had um, more of that than the average person. One of the reasons why she was considered so beautiful is because babies, when they're born, have um, a, a double layer of that, I think, um, to protect them from like the cold, which is no longer really... Um, useful or needed on modern babies so, so they lose that very quickly babies do feel like extra fuzzy and extra soft yes but marilyn monroe never lost that and as a oh. result every photo taken of her made it look like she was literally glowing because she basically had this extra thick fine layer of very very soft hair on her face that was blonde and reflected and refracted the light in such a way that made it look like um, she was just as i said glowing and that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. she looks so like immaculate in photos because she basically had um, makeup on all the time because it effectively wow. covered all the blemishes on her face. And when she got photos taken off yeah. her, effectively acted as her own Instagram filter back in like the nineteen thirties. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's one of those things. Of, those are the hairs that are so fine that you you don't really see them until you get close up, like which... as you are in that photo or in real yeah. life. Or in real life, which is exactly why we say, like, yeah, clearly this person has never been close enough to a female to notice that that is a feature on people's faces. Yeah, that women do have um, a fine layer of hair across their entire bodies, as do all human beings. Yep. And it's just, as well, one of the funny things is, like, oh, man, she looks so, um, uh, her skin looks so shit. And it's, like, people trying to, like, double down. It's like, well, she might not have a beard, but, like, you know, her skin still looks bad. It's like, no, they're just the average blemishes someone would have. Mm-hmm. And it's, it makes more, it makes sense for someone to have them, because all humans do. And also, Aloy lives in a fucking apocalypse. Yeah, she doesn't exactly have beauty products available to her. But I think it's, like, very refreshing, regardless of whether it's post-apocalyptic or not, to show characters with like a bit of like, patchiness on their skin you can see like their pores and their blemishes and stuff as you say and it's just a way more realistic um way of setting expectations for people rather than seeing these godlike perfect looking characters on the screens the yeah. entire time if anything, it makes them more interesting mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. have you ever seen that like breakdown of why like disney princesses all look the same uh, I mean, I've seen some breakdowns. I'm not sure I've seen the same one as you will have done. Okay, well, uh, the long and short of it is is that um, Disney higher-ups um, hand down a series of um, uh, uh, what they are, criteria that mm-hmm. all Disney princesses must adhere to, and one of them is is that they can never look ugly or never go off-model. Mm-hmm. Um, and going off-model is, uh, not too familiar with, animation is like you know like when an eyeball will move slightly out of uh, where it's supposed to be on the model of the character and that's a problem because a lot of animation like a lot of like the charm of it relies on elasticity which yeah we, like which the squash necess- and stretch of characters yeah which necessitates um changing or altering or manipulating the model in some way because disney doesn't like the idea of disney what disney don't want is people pausing a specific frame and seeing one of their disney princesses looking weird or strange and I think that's so funny because uh, a lot of modern Disney princesses will have been done with like 3D models, yeah, well, CGI work easy, yeah. and stuff. And um, 
It's comparing that to how they utilize 3D models in like Dragon Ball Fighters. Yes. Where they like they'll make an arm like ten times longer to put it at weird character like um camera perspective to make the animation look cool. Yeah. And it's like, oh, if you actually look at what they're doing to the models, they are like fucking them up, but you just yep. can't see it because they're they're being clever about it. And uh, that one of the the reason that results in all Disney princesses looking the same or having very similar features, it's like there's only so many ways you can draw a character to look good mm-hmm. all the time. So they tend to fall into a very specific criteria. Uh, in, and then in contrast, male characters, one of these male characters can look so wildly different and are more expressive and animated is because they are able to break that um, rule handed down by Disney. Well, I mean, you look at one of the most expressive of all Disney characters and it's the genie because mm-hmm. they can do whatever the hell they want with that drawing. And they can stretch and shift his model. Even in Aladdin, like Aladdin, the character, like there's all those like shit posts people do of like the fucking, when he's mean mugging people. Yeah. Or he's like, he's <laughs> shitty in smirk, which mm-hmm. they were not, they're not able to do that uh, with Princess Jasmine because Disney told them you are never allowed to manipulate her model in a way um, that would make her not look beautiful, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And, and do you a... know if that's still something that applies now? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. It's one of those things where Disney's never confirmed it, but animators working for them have been like, if you do something like you would do with a male character, like stretch their face or give them a goofy grin, um, Disney will tell you to cut that shit out. Mm. And as a result, um, all Disney princesses are less expressive than their male counterparts. And so well, you only have to look at something like Wreck-It Ralph. Like, look at like, Ralph just looks like a fucking... He's like, he, he's a video game character. Well, yeah, exactly. But they had to give... Uh, and the cause you get is um, Vanellope on Sweets, where she's technically not a Disney princess. Mm-hmm, yeah. And how much more expressive and animated she is because they can squash and shrink her model. Yeah, she's one of the most expressive out of all of the like female Disney characters that you can think of. Because she's technically not part of the Disney Princess Pantheon, so Disney don't really give a fuck. And man, I, w- I was watching um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, which is not Wreck-It Ralph 2, but instead a like, fucking Kim Kardashian reference because... God, that movie didn't know what it was doing, but... It didn't know, but that, are you going to talk about the Disney princess The casual? Disney princess scene, of course, yeah. And would it surprise you to learn that Disney really did not like that scene? It doesn't surprise me one bit. Uh, so if people don't know, you want to describe the scene for people at home? Uh, so the scene is the, like, you know, the premise is that Ralph and Vanellope have gone into the internet and they essentially go to a Disney fan website where there's a bunch of... Like, there's a room with all the Disney princesses in. But I think the reason we've mentioned before, like, the reason that they signed off on it is because they're being portrayed as, like, fan website versions of Disney princesses, not official Disney princesses. Yeah, and that's the one. About, that was the uh, the way they got around putting them in because Disney is very protective of the Disney princess brand and very rarely lets them interact with one another. And for mm-hmm. Ralph Breaks the Internet, they had to use that work around you mentioned they're like, well, not technically Disney princesses, they're digital facsimiles of them mm-hmm. realised in 3D. And even then, Disney was still very, very specific about how they could be portrayed. And um, in that scene, they're all in casual clothes. I think it's like a pyjama party or a slumber party, is it? Um. So, I think it... I literally watched this like last week. And that's why I'm think... going to like, defer to you for this one. What happens what is that in the 
dresses and then Vanellope is like, well, what if you had these clothes? And they're all like, oh my god, these are so comfortable. And they have like a just a brief scene of them all in casual clothes and casual mm-hmm. hairstyles. And every single frame of that had to be looked over by a Disney executive who's like telling them what they can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And apparently Princess Tiana, that's the one from Princess and the Frog, right? It is, yes. Was a nightmare for them to get done because uh, Princess Tiana is black and she has a black hairstyle. So they tried mm-hmm. to represent that in a realistic way. And Disney like, well, that doesn't look very princessy. It's like, she's fucking black. This is this is what would a black person would do if they were trying to relax and let that, literally let their hair down. She would have naturally... <laughs> curly wavy hair this is what it would look like if she wasn't um, you know having it like high and tight in a bun and then that's like keep like arguing with disney about what like how to portray that character because they're like well she, that doesn't look very princessy so what who are you to say what makes a character princessy she is a princess she can dress over the fuck she wants yeah and i remember when brave came out that was a big deal about merida's hair because it was so complex with all of the curls and it was like revolutionary at the time how detailed that curly hair was like from an animation standpoint yes but like this was one just like disney did not like the idea of the disney princess like you know looking disheveled even though they didn't but like it's that thing and it's just oh yeah you never have that argument is probably the way that they would view it but the way that normal people view it is just looking cool and casual yeah and uh, it's one of the reasons why and the proposed that was supposed to be like a, a a sampler of sorts of a proposed Disney princess series or movie where they all team up and fight crime or something like that and Disney fucking hated it they nixed that idea straight away of like these characters do not interact and I'm just so upset that they never released like either a doll line or a fashion line of those like casual princesses casual Friday princesses it's like, so how, how and it's just it shows how like out of touch those disney execs must be where i'm sure that like girls and women and like even people like myself would lose their shit seeing like that yeah i would love to see that at disneyland i'd love to see like casual friday ariel at disneyland could you imagine like oh um yeah every friday there's just like the casual princess hangout session instead yeah, like dress down friday for the princesses mm-hmm. and we're never going to get that because like disney has this weirdly toxic mentality towards its female characters where they have to be perfect at all times and they dislike any representation of them that is not that and it's one of those things where like the fact that that's an argument that happens with female characters but never men like they don't Mm. give a fuck about showing men in a less than favorable light no and then you know to bring it all back around like shitty rules like that are probably why you see people losing their shit when Aloy looks like a normal woman in a video yeah. game. Like not even out of, just like say a normal human being. Yeah. Like she has like minor blemishes. And one of the things I saw as well is women breaking it down of like if anything, it's unrealistic because her eyebrows are done. She clearly has like her eyebrows done. I saw some people like arguing about that though and saying, Oh, but that they look like my eyebrows. Like some eyebrows are naturally quite trim, but yes, yeah. they are more trim than the majority of people's eyebrows. And then it brings in the conversation of stuff like, uh, if you watch something like Walking Dead. So in The Walking Dead, um, none of the women have armpit hair or any body hair, mm-hmm. and they're still wearing makeup. Clearly wearing makeup, like not even just like show makeup, like they're clearly wearing things like eyeliner. In a world where they have a, a, a literal plot point, I think in season two or three, is where Rick has grown a beard, and Miss Sean hates it. 
and she has to drive out like into the zombie wasteland to find a shaver to get for him so he can shave his beard. And yet she's walking around with shaved armpits and legs. Yeah, the shaving bit is weird. I think the makeup part, you could probably say that, oh yeah, I'm sure they they could find makeup scrounging around if they so wanted to, but all of the female characters are wearing it. It's not wearing it. Like it was, oh well, a couple of the characters still like to make themselves feel nice and wear makeup for themselves. Yeah, but the fact that there is a literal plot point in one episode that they have to go out of their way to find a shaver for Rick, and yet every Mm. woman in the series um, has shaved armpits, which means there are races... You don't see any women wearing shorts with like hairy legs at all, do you? Even though it's the middle of like the literal zombie apocalypse, and that's what you'd expect. Mm. And that's it all feeds into again that toxic mentality of women have to be perfect, even in the literal apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And it, that's you know it leads back to stuff like men just seeing normal looking women and be like, "The fuck is this? The fuck this <laughs> is?" And it's just it's sad. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine like how. Um, uh, just draining it must be of uh, to have that level of expectation placed upon you yeah it must be awful like it's like those great threads you see every now and again of men saying oh i I love women when they're like natural i don't like women in makeup sharing pictures of women wearing makeup because they literally do not know what women without makeup look like because they've never seen it's like oh they don't look like they are you know in a movie fully dolled up and pampered level of makeup but they're still wearing some because what they've seen, you know, on TV and stuff. I mean, obviously, TV and movies, it's the same with every single character. Is like, even the men are all wearing a small base level of makeup in most of these movies. Yeah, yes. And that's why it's really funny when you watch shows uh, where that's a plot point. Because I've recently been rewatching Friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, like for background noise. And there's like the episode where Joey's wearing makeup and he keeps getting made fun of by like Chandler and Ross, two characters yeah. whose actors are wearing makeup in that moment. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I do want, like, to just clarify if it wasn't very obvious from the conversation we're already having. Like, any women that are listening, uh, do not feel bad about, like, your your facial peach fuzz uh, if you do have some. And, like, well, everyone does. Uh, If you see these bad takes, that's not what most people think and that's not the expectations you should have. These are just random loud weirdos that are a vocal minority lucas men these are random loud weirdo men yeah exactly like i just don't don't want anyone even if like yeah it wasn't obvious enough from the way they're talking i don't want anyone to come away going like oh man does some do some men think like that it's the men that think like that you don't want to even have a conversation with in the first place yeah it's great that they out themselves like this yeah, <laughs> and that's one of the things I absolutely adore about the internet. Every now and again, like you know, like the hot takes that we like find. It was just man. It must be like it's getting so much easier. I'm not saying it is easier. I'm saying it's getting easier for women to just filter out these low ass quality men from their is, lives yeah. because all they have to do is just ask them a series of very simple questions. I think it's like my girlfriend showed me a TikTok the other day, and she's like, uh, "This is something you've talked a lot about, like media literacy." And mm. I forget the name of the person who did it, but it's just like, here's the three questions we should just ask um, uh, all male film students before they're allowed to graduate. And it's like, what's the Bechdel test? Um, what did you think of Captain Marvel? And, wh- and what do you think of the Joker? 
Oh, God, yeah. And it's just the answer to those three questions. It's like, if they don't know the answer to the first one, and they answer poorly to the second and the third, it's like, maybe send them back to meet basic media literacy. <laughs> but Carl Joker's the best film ever, right? Oh, yeah. I define my entire personality by a man who gets hit by cars. Look at that, the clown prince. I love that scene where it's like the clown prince of crime and he gets hit by cars. And then he's like, <laughs> big um, plan to um, uh, cause chaos is just to shoot a rich person. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Speaking of media literacy, something interesting happened to me this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Joey, we did that video about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hang on. Did, Sorry, did... I can feel a sneeze come in. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say I could feel something else. Go on. No. Big sneeze. Okay, sneeze. no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's going, it's going, it's gone. Yeah. Joey made a video about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like speaking mm-hmm. of like, media literacy. And we had a brief discussion during that video um, about the fact myself and you didn't really want to talk about it on this very podcast because we were we felt that as two white dudes, we didn't really have much to say of value about the series. White British dudes as well. Yeah. And uh, we invited our audience to go seek out um, uh, black creators to listen to their views on it. Uh, but we briefly did touch upon like a few things in it um, that made us exceptionally uncomfortable, um, mm-hmm. presumably by design, such as the scene of just the Falcon, um, uh, Sam Wilson, trying to get a loan. And then oh, getting, yes, yeah. like, just having the bank be like, oh, unfortunately, we don't think we're going to be able to give you a loan. It's like, but I saved the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe we talked about how like, that is very clearly written um, as like a reference to how, how black people feel when they go in for, in, uh, for stuff like a loan or a bank. And it doesn't matter. They can be the most perfect applicant ever. All that bank teller sees is the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And we comment on a few extra things like that. And uh, uh, I got a bit of feedback to that from weird men. Because it's always weird men. So always I didn't is. think, I didn't read that scene like that. I don't think that's how that scene was intended. You're reading too much into it. And then I got confirmation that that absolutely is the correct reading of that because the cr- the screenwriter for the show watched the video. Oh, really? Did you see that? Did you not see? No. I the guy know. who wrote the show, Malcolm Spellman, I think it is, um, just left a comment on the video just saying, oh, hey, I wrote Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just letting you know, um, uh, I thought this was great. Oh. And I was like, that cool. can't, I was like, that can't be like the Malcolm let me just double check. Yeah, Malcolm Spellmark. That can't be him. So I clicked his profile, and he's got like four videos on his channel, and it's just like him talking into the camera. And I was like, okay, so now I have a picture of the guy. And then I googled Malcolm Spellmark. Like, oh, that is him. It's the screen. It's the guy who wrote Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, I never noticed that. I did. I didn't see like that at all. And That's he. Cool. And he. That was like one of those things where I was like, I, I felt pretty confident that my reading of those scenes was correct. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to have the like the guy who literally wrote them be like, this is pretty good, and not disagreeing <laughs> with our takes, that felt good. Yeah, that that's nice to hear for once. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like, I'm fairly confident in my levels of media literacy, my ability to pass media itself. But mm. um, I do get like shaken every now and again when like you know, just those weird men come out and be like, you're wrong about that, you're wrong about that, and then to have the literal writer of the show be like, no, no, yeah. This That's exactly how it should have been read. So yeah, this is a good... Re- I, I thought this was pretty good. That's nice to hear. It was. Just that I, I was riding high all day when I heard that. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not like a weirdo reading things wrong. Yeah, you're not reading too much into it. It absolutely 
Because that's the thing as well. Before, like, he's one of the people that I was like quoting when we were making that. I mm-hmm. half remember it in my head when he talks about how when he was writing for the Winter Soldier, he wanted it to be the blackest Marvel show. Yes, and he wanted it to be representative of the black experience in America, just told through the lens of Marvel. And, yeah, and like, like it again. It's one of those of like I definitely don't like can't say how successful the show was overall or anything because i do not have experience of that but yeah i think it's like quite clearly obvious that some scenes are written in a way that it's like yeah as we as we say like trying to make you understand what that might feel like yeah and they are intentionally written to make you uncomfortable like one of the ones that got me is like that i thought was fairly obvious is the scene where just Sam Wilson is getting reamed out by a police officer, and then the police officer realizes that he's the Falcon. And you see like that look on um, Anthony Mackie's face of just like when he rolls his eyes of like for yeah. fuck's sake, and you have like the Winter Soldier going, "Oh my god, what's going on here?" And then he realizes in his head, "Oh, the cops racist." I had people saying, "Well, you're reading too much into that." I don't think the cops were too bad to um, pull a guy up in the street making a commotion. It's like you fucking know why they're doing that. Yeah. Like, it's and... so obvious when they're trying to downplay it. No, no, it's not a race thing. It's like, absolutely fucking is. Yeah. Coming from that show as well, and the context that you're putting that show within is definitely making a statement and not just, oh, they just happened to uh, like arrest a black guy in the street for making a commotion and also didn't go to arrest Bucky, I believe, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Like they go straight to the Falcon, because clearly he's the one causing the problem. And I wonder what could have caused them to think that. Mm-hmm. And it's only when they realise that he's in a position of authority um, uh, over them that they immediately back down. And then you literally see Sam Wilson, like, as you say, just roll his entire fucking head. He rolls his eyes that hard. Yeah, of like, I can't, I can't believe I saved the universe and I've still got to deal with this shit. Mm-hmm. And just what's what a great show. And it yeah, was a good show. I, 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 I enjoy though our journeys, like tracking down these hot takes. As I said, I'm on like a forum where all I do <laughs> is just like look for hot takes because there's so many. Oh, there are God. so many. There's so many that I sometimes, like I mentioned, I don't have time to mention them or there's like so, they're so bad. But then other stuff happens that I forget to talk about. Mm hmm. Like, um, one that I saw recently that I just want to mention because this was great is it's a topic we've covered a few times before, but it is uh, online dating. Oh, okay. And I just saw one, and it's just a, a, it is a common occurrence on the forum. I'm just going to say it's Resetera. Reset here, oh, which is good yes. for video gaming news, but you go to like the etc. part and you get some fucking hot takes. Oh, yeah. Such as online dating blows so hard, and that was a guy just complaining that, oh man, all the online dating apps are trash, I never get a date. And because I'm a member of that forum, sometimes like, if I'm on the toilet or something, I'll just leave a response. And the response I left was, do you have a Skinner meme? Of like, am oh I God. out of touch? Oh, right, yeah. And it was just like, I did the Skinner meme of like, do I have a shitty personality or a poorly written profile and women are attracted to? It's like, no, every app is trash. Yeah, and it's exactly what we are talking about like a couple of weeks ago with that guy who was who was saying that online dating is awful. It's like, maybe online dating is not great. It is certainly a different experience, and I think it certainly has to be a bit more like quick and shallow an experience. Yeah. And that's a different ball game. But these people aren't moaning about the fact that it's a bit different. They're saying 
it's complete trash because I never get a date personally. Yeah. And no matter how much people come in and just say stuff like, well, I got a date on it, it's fine. Maybe your profile shit. They mm-hmm. always respond and get defensive. And we've already covered this topic. So I just want to just mention the one response I got to that because I had like my phone blow up. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And someone responded to it. I'm like, oh, okay. And they said, and I quote, dating being based on how well written a profile is seems like a recipe for disaster and or exploitation. And Lucas... Can you pass that? Because I could not figure out what the fuck that person's trying to say. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because, like, what's the alternative? Exactly. That's what I'm like. That's the thing. They never followed up with like an explanation of what they mean by that. Like, and folks at home, if you like, you can fact the QA at gmail.com. If you have a theory about what this person means, because let us know, because I could not figure out what their point was of dating being based on how well-written a profile is. It seems like a recipe for disaster. It's like, what do you mean? Like, they're basically saying, I don't want to put the literal most basic amount of effort into an online dating profile. Okay, so Carl, hear me out. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's one app. It's just called uh, Dating Online. Okay, onlinedating.com. Let's go. Online dating, just go. Uh, and... You have two pictures, no words, one name, and um, you basically just take full head to toe picture of yourself. You got front profile and side profile. Okay. Completely naked. That's it. Then dating's fair online, right? And then just scroll left or right. You know what though? Yeah. These same guys, but like, that's not fair because they're people in <laughs> better shape. You know, the they would, yeah. It's the same. Like no matter how, even if you said. Okay, what we're going to do is, like, just what you said there, of just a picture of your face. Not your name, mm. not, your, not your personality, just a picture of your face, and you have to take it like a mugshot. Just a mugshot-style photo, <laughs> like, no deviation. They'd still complain that they weren't getting dates. Mm. And they, ne- no matter how fair or level you made that playing field, there would always be an excuse. So they don't is have that, to what do they the want? Fact. Do they literally want a... Oh, we're going to tell you a location and a time you're going to show up and find someone we've matched you with. Is that what they want? Like, I, I just can't perceive in my brain how taking profiles out of an online dating situation makes things better in any way. What's well, the thing? They're saying like it's ripe for exploitation. How are you going to exploit people with your profile? Because by the sounds of it, it's just like, if... A person who's more interesting than them is more likely to get a date, and that's not fair because they're not as interesting. And is I, there, I, I, is I, there I, argument that if I'm not as good at writing a profile, then that's not fair? I think so. But like I said, they never extrapolated on what they meant, and I was just a stat. Like I showed it to my girlfriend, and she just put her head in her hands, like, the fuck do they want? Yeah. It's already <laughs> as simple as it can be. It's like a picture of your face and what you like. Like, yeah, summed up in, what, a couple of sentences and a couple of pictures of you. Yeah, if that. It's at the level of a Bioware fighting game character from the 90s. (laughs) Of just picture, likes, dislikes. That's it. Yeah. Maybe your height or your blood type. Done. And uh, I'm just baffled. That's the thing. This is a topic we've covered a lot, but just... 
as since we're talking about hot takes, that I found this is another one I forgot to mention last week, and it's like I said, I could not understand what this person's point was because by the sounds, they're just annoyed that they have to put the most basic modicum of effort into attracting another person. I think they're just salty, but like I'm, I'm very confused as well because even the argument of well, I'm not as good at writing profiles. It's which is not so that's not fair. It's so easy though to just even if you're like you don't have mates that you can ask, just go on to like there's literally like Tinder subreddits and shit where people just put the profile online. Like, can anyone help me out with my profile? Like, what needs improving? But and no. people are genuinely like you know helpful on that kind of thing. Um, yeah, you expect to get roasted a little bit, but come on, that's the internet. That is the internet. And generally speaking, because I'm out of curiosity, like I see one trending on like the front page of Reddit, and I'll like mm-hmm. click on the the comments and see how they are. And generally speaking, people are respectful if someone's just there asking for help. Yeah, if people are being genuine about it. But I think if someone like this went in, um, the internet's like hive mind would like hopefully in a uh, even not like a, just a a liberal or progressive um, uh, community, just one that's neutral and doesn't have time for the shit. Would be like, dude, like accept it. Like your profile, shit. Get a better one. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't think the kind of person that goes and set, you know replies to you with a hot take like that is the type of person that would even genuinely look for help in the first place. No, it's like it's they, just they not just fair. accept online dating is awful and it's the worst thing and it's not fair. And like and I said, not- this is this is a a common topic of conversation on that forum. And every single time it happens, I don't know why I bother clicking on it to get some hot takes. It's always the same of people saying it sucks ass. People saying, responding, saying, no, it's not. I've had plenty of dates. I met my wife on there. I met my girlfriend on there. I was like, you know, having hookups and one night stands the entire time. Just get a better written profile and some nice photos. And then people say, no, it's not like that. It's shit. I know because I can't get a date. And it's like, well, I've had dates on it and you haven't. Yeah. So maybe take my advice on what I did. No. It's just, oh, it's baffling. And, you know, I I say all this, bear in mind, as somebody that, you know, got dates online but didn't actually find my partner through online dating. I have, like, a lot of failed experience in online dating. And I still, it still didn't walk away going, it's not fair. Yeah, well, that's um, always the sign of whether or not you're able to grow as a person or you're just, like, the kind of person who realistically should be in a relationship it's like you're able to say it's either wrong place wrong time or it's just you know something about the way i am right now is not gelling with the people i was meeting at this exact point yeah or you know it just one of those things of like just so happens that maybe the people i was going on dates with wouldn't have worked out very well for us things like that it's just Happens, hold your hands up and go it's okay rather than fuck this <laughs> it's this all... is the worst lucas all dating apps are trash that was the, <laughs> that was the title like all dating apps are trash lmfao uh... and you know what speaking of um uh, trying and failing to get a girl hmm. we had the live event last week didn't we oh no carl that what? that segue i might what happened Okay, so we had the live event last week, didn't we? It was a good live. We did, yes. It we was a live event. Like, it was a the Pack Fiend style quiz. A uh, bunch of people turned up. We had a really good time. Uh, got a lot of great feedback to it. 
Um, uh, it was very stressful for me on the day. So if anyone's listening to this who did come, I was very, very stressed the entire time, as you can probably tell. Uh, I was running around like a blue arse fly the entire time. Um, although I endeavoured to make sure everyone who did come got a photo, um, got whatever they want signed, and everyone got a free t-shirt and stuff like that. So I hope people enjoyed themselves. And then we had a meeting the next day in a more casual setting where a couple of people showed up to that, where we just went for a few drinks where I was in a more relaxed atmosphere. But you couldn't turn up to that, could you, Lucas? Uh, no, no. I just like had to make it back so that, you know, I could come home and make sure the dogs walked and stuff like that because I was mm-hmm. already away for a couple of days, so... Yeah, and uh, you were around in the event hall because I was like kind of behind the scenes for a bit of it. Um, but like mm-hmm. most people seem to be having a good time. Uh, yeah, and like I streamed the other day, and like a few people said like they'd come along and they had like, a nice time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, people enjoyed themselves. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Well, there was one person who enjoyed themselves just uh, a little bit too much because the day after the event, uh, I got the following message, and I'm going to uh, like. Leave out uh, the pertinent information here, such as names and things yes, like that. Yeah, but they said, hello, um, I was at the event last night, and they described themselves, so I know who this person was. I met a girl and got an amazing conversation with her, and we really clicked. But apparently, I went on a blackout adventure and never asked her for her number. So all I'm asking is, will you be my hero and maybe tell me her name? I know her name is, first name redacted, but I didn't get a last name. Crying emoji, or crying smiley face. I always forget which one that is. And Lucas, uh, thoughts? I mean, in my head, I sighed very, very hard about three words into that sentence, but this is creepy, do not fucking do it. Which is exactly what I said, yes. And my response was, in part, I'm not going to violate someone's privacy in that way, as the information was provided in confidence. Uh, because for the record, everyone who came to the event did so via an email address, so I did have this person's name and their last name, and their contact information, which I used, um, and I passed it on to my girlfriend, who was hosting the event, and went out of her way to hand out special flyers to every girl who attended, in case they felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so she felt very strongly about this, and she emailed the girl in question, just letting her know, in case this guy did manage to track her down in some way, that the person you were talking to on the night, if they somehow tracked you down, uh, went out of their way to try and circumvent um, the privacy um, things we have in place to protect your identity and asked Carl to break GDPR to contact you. Uh, that's probably a red flag for a relationship. Yeah, very much so. And it's one of those things that, like, yes, uh, we didn't sign anything to, you know, say that we wouldn't share people's information, but it's just common decency to not give out that information. Yeah, and uh, I've had a, f- a bit of feedback to this. Well, mostly it's just from other women, um, besides like my missus, because she's the one I showed it to first, just saying, this is fucking awful, I'm glad you didn't do it. And then there's a couple of men who are like, well, why is this any different for asking for someone's name after a house party? And the difference here is, when you come to like uh, myself as the owner of the channel and having access uh, to stuff like people's email addresses and contact information... Um, there's like a power imbalance there and that's that information was given in confidence it was and it was given with trust to like you and the you know the channel mm-hmm. um and i think it would reflect very poorly on just everyone involved if you did give out that information yeah. and i Obviously, again, you know, I know you and I, I trust you enough to know that that's a bad idea in the first place. Yeah, and uh, like, uh, 
I never... That guy never responded. So I think that they either um, have abandoned that account or they made that account specifically to message me asking this. And do you know what makes this story just a little bit more depressing? I mean, I don't want to know, but I do want to know. So go it on. Gets, so the next day, as mentioned, we had like a more casual get-together. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a girl from the event who turned up um, with alongside like a couple of people who'd done it. And uh, she'd seen this tweet and she asked me, oh, I think I was the girl mentioned in that because I was talking um, to a guy who didn't get my number. And I, I described to her the guy who'd sent it because mm-hmm. like, she'd been at the event and the guy was very visible throughout the evening is what I'm going to say. Okay. Like, uh, I, I told you who they were, didn't I? Did I? Or were you not there when this conversation took place? Um, I don't remember. The, I remember, like, partly speaking about a guy that got very, very drunk. It was that guy, yes. Right, okay, yeah. And uh, when I mentioned, oh, yeah, it was uh, the, the guy who got very, very drunk. And she went, oh, yeah, I was talking. I think I was the girl mentioned. And I asked, like, just to clarify, your name's this, yes? And she went, yeah, I went, yeah it wasn't about you. It was another girl um, who was, like, on your table. I think he just tried to chat, chat up every girl there. Right, yeah. And that's that thing of, like, it's not even, like he said, oh, I clicked with this girl. It's like, no, he hit on every girl there and wanted the number of um, uh, the one he thought was more attractive. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing is, I felt like such an arsehole when I had to tell that person, I'm sorry he wasn't talking about you, he was hitting on everyone. And we've had yeah. to take note of that guy's name, and if we hold another event, it's like, you're not coming. Mm-hmm. That's fair because enough. Yeah. I, don't want to, I also want to come and think that's an acceptable thing to do. No, definitely not. And we know that they will like, go out of their way to help people and make people feel uncomfortable, and then try to, after the fact, get people's personal information. It's like, that yeah. shit is not okay. But yeah, that was just uh, that was the one sour note of the entire evening. Like the next day, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, because like I remember just at the event being like afterwards, just you know when we were walking around and stuff, and it was like, oh yeah, everything went pretty well. Like there was that one guy that got too drunk, and everyone was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then other than that, it was kind of like everyone was still happy with how it went. And yeah, as you say, it was just a little sour note. It's not anything that ruined the night. But then following up with that the next day is like, oh no. Yeah. So just a pro uh, pro tip: uh, don't do that. It's never going to come across as romantic as it sounds in your head. It's really not, and like, it's just one of those things. Of generally speaking, two people hit it off at a night like that. Um, both parties will normally endeavour to make sure the other one can contact them if they mm-hmm. so please. And I've been in situations like that, and I've seen situations like that where it's like, you know, you're on, they're doing the Facebook scroll the next day. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, this person I hit it off with, like, were they tagged in a photo or something like that? Or like, there's a friend of a friend, you know, but when you're reaching out, like, imagine you went to see, I don't know, a band or something like that, and then you're reaching out to like the events hall. The event like, organizer, yeah. Of like, hey, can you give me someone's like private email address? It's like, no, we don't want to get fucking sued. Yep. And like, it's not even, you know, about, being sued as well, like it's obviously, the uh, common human decency as well. It is, yeah. We just we don't want that person to be put in a horrible situation like that. But just from like a compl- a purely pragmatic standpoint, exactly. Even if you like in hypothetical situation, even if you did not give a shit about the person, like you just don't want to get yourself put in that shit anyway. But yeah, yeah obviously we do give a shit. 
and uh, yeah, we don't want we don't want women to like feel like they should have their information given away, and then also it sets a precedent of like, oh well, if one person has that happen and then a creepy guy contacts her after the fact, it's like, that's what the worry. Yes, of like, oh what? now it's gonna put off everybody from coming to like the next potential event because then that's a, a like a stain on the fat fiend name. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, he's basically asking me to tarnish my entire brand so he can go awkwardly hit on someone. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was that was a fun day. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the noise in it. It's like <sighs> and I don't really have much more to say about the event other than it was a good laugh and we've been a good one too. It was, not, yeah. And... I'm not sure what I want to do for it yet though, because I'm thinking Maybe we can like do something organized around like a tournament of some kind. I mean, like part of me thinks that would be a fun idea, and then the other part of me goes, "Then you're just encouraging only like tryhards who don't want to socialize to which, an event." Which is meant why to be I social. about my idea for a tournament. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it before. If I ever run a bar, we do the fighting game tournament where you've got to use the worst controller possible. <laughs> <laughs> and people like get everyone's dis- got a fight with a DDR mat and a guitar a, hero a DDR mat or a guitar hero controller or like um, uh, the super wide GameCube controller with a keyboard on it or the Donkey Kong bongos the Donkey Kong bongos yes so I was thinking about doing that I was an idea so folks in sh- at home yeah if you're a, again carlscornerqa.com uh, .com uh, gmail.com let us know if you like the sound of like a fighting game tournament where you've got to play like the Donkey Kong bongos we have like a big screen and stuff like that and just, just get a bracket sorted. Mm-hmm. A couple of drinks and then just like, yeah. That's that's just a rough idea right now. There's a few more in the pipeline. That I'm, uh, no, that's fair to. enough, yeah. It's like, I would hope that being that openly stupid would put off the like try-hard people mm-hmm. and like encourage people to have a, a silly mindset rather than a competitive mindset. But and- it's always hard to get rid of the overly competitive people. Yeah, get rid of that like uh, undesirable element, as it were. And uh, mm-hmm. you'd hope as well people would see it as it is a framework on which to hang um, just an excuse to meet up with us and just have a chat. Well, it's similar to how you framed this live event around just a Fat Fiend pub quiz. It's just yeah. an excuse to get people together to then all be social. Yeah, and the way um, I've... The feedback I've gotten is uh, the difference between this and the last live event, where we had like games and stuff up, but it was very disorganized, which is mm-hmm. quite on brand for us. But because of that, uh, like the night itself didn't feel like it ever had a natural end point. Yes. Whereas yeah. with this one, a lot of people came to the quiz, like uh, posted the photos after the fact, and then just went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they felt like they had a full, complete night where there was like a natural end point had been reached, and there was no like awkwardness about when and. How late things are going to be going on? Yeah, because like we, uh, you know, we did a bit of like a mill around and stuff, and then did the the quiz, and then also like you and Ross had the um, the the Smash Bros Dunkathon for charity, which he didn't know about apparently. He didn't know like about the match, or he didn't know that it was for charity. He, he didn't know about the match. Or the fact oh, did he not? Like, no, he just got told Carl wants to do something if you're going like, to play a game against each other, and he sent in that photo that was used of him with his shirt off. Just, oh, like, yes, throwing of the course, big... yeah. He didn't realise what it was for until I mentioned it on the night. It's like, oh, okay. 
I mean, I think that's a good way to approach it. It's like, fuck it. Like, Carl wants to do something, let's throw fists. Why not? Let's just let's throw some hands. Just me and him. We should have, I should have just said it's a fist fight at the car park. <laughs> just to see if you would have believed me. I'm like, okay, me and you throw down right fucking now. He just, like, rips his shirt off. I'm ready. <laughs> just with me and him just slugging out in the car park. Like, yeah! But Who's yeah, YouTube after that, like, supreme? Uh, I just say it did, it did feel like a... After the quiz and then after uh, that fight as well, you kind of saw, like, people filtering out because they kind of got what they wanted out of the night and then mm-hmm. some people hung around and then like yeah it felt like um i say a bit more just of a natural end point yeah there was a lot more cohesion to it and now with the experience hopefully that'll help us keep doing more in the future because one of the things i said you're gonna do another one of these like well that's the plan yeah the plan is mm-hmm. to do more we didn't intentionally take a two-year gap between them there was kind of something that happened in between the two events that stopped us from having a meetup of more than one person yeah, it was the lack of Marvel movies coming out. That's yeah. the one, yeah. Definitely that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that always happens, doesn't it? Like, the pandemic is something people seemingly forget is a thing that's happening. And like, oh, is I there a reason it took this long to host this? Yeah, there was a pandemic. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I Actual still... Actual conversation I had. Every now and then, like, it just crops into my head of, like, <laughs> that lovely tweet or whatever yeah. of just... Nintendo have been really quiet over the past, like, 18 months... We've not like, released yeah, any I wonder new games. why. Not released many new games. What's going on there? Yeah, what's going on? It's fucking. Why the brilliant. fuck has Nintendo not released many games like, the, since exactly like the end of 2019? It was an actual. It was an actual conversation I had multiple times that evening. Like, oh, why? Why is it taking you this long to throw another one? It's like there was a pandemic. Like, oh yeah. Well, we're still in a pandemic. Technically, like, yeah, it's an epidemic now, isn't it? Something. Uh, it's a pandemic that's becoming endemic. Is it? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, do my best to stay safe and keep wearing a mask and keep sanitising my hands and just living in the shit show that is the UK where no one in charge of the country knows what's going on. Yeah, and it's I'm worth just pointing like, out. I, cool, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing and not getting COVID. It's worth pointing out as well that everyone who came to the event um, had to provide proof of vaccination mm-hmm. uh, before they arrived. And for which yeah, they got and a there nice were sticker. even a couple of people that nicely didn't attend because they took a test and tested positive for COVID. So I'm sorry to those people, but I'm glad that you took that personal responsibility. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to turn up to the next one. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, all of us in the channel as well are all, like, vaccinated and jabbed and took tests yeah, the prior the, days and stuff. Yeah, On the day. So it was all good fun. But yeah, that was a... Uh... That was an interesting experience the following day. Like, otherwise, just like fun was had by all. So yeah, for all the stress. And, fucking um, stressful. Like, I, part of me was like stressed as well because it's like, well, yeah, COVID is still a thing. But uh, as far as I'm aware, still uh, luckily managed to uh, avoid the Rona. No Rona uh, for you. As far as I'm aware, anyway, unless it was one of those where I like, didn't really... Like, uh, you know, I was asymptomatic and I've never known. Um, but every time I've done a test, it's always come back that I've not had it. So. Yeah, uh, there's been no nice. Rona for me. Been, uh, so it's nice to know that from what I can tell and from the evidence of nobody I know has got COVID from the event, it looks like we took the right measures. That's the last thing I wanted, just super spreader event in Sheffield and a picture of my dumbass face. Yeah, so just like yeah, it, look it at this seems as though we were all sensible enough and it went well. Yeah. Blame it all on this dickhead right here. 
<laughs> it's, it's called the fact fiend. It's like not Omicron the fact fiend variant has now yeah, come out. Like, oh, no. It's like oh no. You get in trouble. We get beaten up. No, people go throw garbage at me on the street. Yeah, I think uh, you know, it's not the worst thing happening when we've got like seventy people in a bar compared to, like you know, there's now like giant concerts being held with thousands of people all cramming in together and stuff. So Glastonbury, let's go. I think it's fair to say we're not the biggest uh, event in terms of, like, giant crowd numbers. We weren't even the biggest YouTuber-themed event that night in Sheffield. In Sheffield, Because KSI (laughs) was at the fucking O2. It's like, that's the thing, isn't it? If How specific do you want to get? Like, there was literally a bigger, like, YouTuber in Sheffield doing a fan meetup on the exact same night at the same time. It's like, Jesus Christ. So, uh, he was on, mate. He was roasting me about that. He was like, oh, you can't put on an event as big as him. It's like, no, because I've got like 8 million followers. Carl, you need to like start opening up those Ultimate Team Packs or whatever. What, I need to get on it. But I just found that really funny because my dad's like, who's KSI? It's like, he's fine, dad. Yeah. You don't need to know. I still found it hilarious when um, I was there when your friend came down into the bar. And the shock on his face of like, holy shit, like people actually came to see Carl. What's going on? <laughs> he was really, I think I mentioned that the day before when we did the podcast. Uh, there's friends mm-hmm. who were coming who love to make fun of me, but then when they arrived, they got, they themselves were exactly as I predicted, they were the ones who were nervous because mm-hmm. everyone's there's like, oh, lad, so what do you think of the channel? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah, like, what? what is this? I, I know Carl. Oh. Uh... But yeah, I just found that really funny because I know you'd mentioned it on like last week's podcast, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I get to see your friend walk down the stairs," and was like, "Holy, what the!" F-? I like just seeing him glance around, like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, people actually turned up. Oh, that was a fun moment. Because yeah, you, you know, he in his head, he was secretly hoping for it to be a shit show, so he could be like, "Ah," and you know what? I respect it. Just rubbing his hands like, oh, I can't wait to walk into this empty bar and Carl's just sitting there. Well, that's the thing, because um, if you walked, because we were holding it downstairs in the event, like when you walked in at first, it did look empty until you got downstairs. Mm. And they did have like an announced like Carl Smallwood meetup on the board. So it did look really depressing for the first like two minutes you're in the venue until you go downstairs. <laughs> so I it can was see great what... though, because like the bar was just open to the public upstairs for quite a while. So while everyone was queuing for a drink downstairs, I just kept walking upstairs and going for one. It's like, you guys are stupid. I'm going this way. I just kept walking up to the bar and being like, oh, no one's here. Get my drink straight away there. Get a drink. And we did get some feedback from the bar as well. They said, this is one of the nicest behaved crowds we've ever dealt with. It was also awkward to kick off. That's the one. Fact being fans, pat yourself on the back. Yeah, that's that's nice to hear because I'm glad that no one was like just massive bellend. Uh, the closest we got is one person who was very aggressively trying to buy me a drink. And then when I went to the bar, um, they kept going up to the bar and trying to offer to buy me a drink. And the bartender's like, no, he's asked us not to do that. Mm. And they were very Yeah, aggressive. I had a couple of people be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get you a drink. And, um, you know, I was just like, well, we, we've got ways to, like, give us tips and stuff. Like, do that instead. But thank you. Yeah, I, I didn't get anyone being too pushy or anything about it. Yeah, I only have the one of them. It's like, I'm trying not to drink too much because I've got to go host the entire event and I don't want to be drunk on stage. Might fall down. Yeah, I think by the end of it, I was like, probably one drink too deep compared to what I should have been, but... Ah, it's fine. As soon as I got outside and into the, the cold and 
uh, the darkness and a bit of fresh air, I, w- I was all right. That cold, freshing air. Oh, well, yeah. Well, good. Uh, anything you've seen this week, Monfra? Uh, well, hey, Nintendo hate us. You mean Nintendo? Oh, yeah. What's this? What's the uh, Nintendo hate us? Uh, so Nintendo yesterday are just like, oh yeah, in March of next year, uh, the Wii U and 3DS systems won't be able to like, uh, the the shops are shutting down, like the digital stores. Okay. So you won't be able to purchase any games. And then in an FAQ, um, they basically were like, we understand that this is a shit move and we're not going to do anything about it. So I don't know if you want to hear the quote, Carl. I absolutely do, but I want to take a quick bathroom break. This is like a good segue. Okay, yeah. So give me one second to go for a bathroom break, then I want to hear what Nintendo's justification for not letting you give them money is. I apologise for that, but to quote Jurassic Park, uh, when you got to go, you got to go. You do indeed, but that's, that's a, no problem, Carl. So set the scene for me, Lucas. We're so delving into a Nintendo FAQ um, in response to them announcing that the... Wii U and 3DS stores are shutting down as of next year. Yeah, so in March 2023, they'll be shutting down the stores. You'll still be able to access content that you've already bought. You just won't be able to make purchases on those systems anymore. Which is a great detail, because that means any content bought still exists. It means the content still exists. It's mm-hmm. still accessible. It's still uh, for able the to be foreseeable future. Um, yeah. Yeah. Still able to be downloaded from their servers. They're just taking away the ability for you to buy it. Uh, yeah, so if your wallet is burning on any of those systems, all you need to do is link your 3DS and Wii U wallet to your Nintendo online account so you can add funds through the Switch to then go back to your 3DS or Wii U and make a purchase. It's like, do they not want Nice money? and easy. Like, do they not want our money? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. Like, this is just generally, you know, something we see happen, like, happened with the Wii a few years ago, and it sucks. Uh, and they initially posted um, one question in the Q&A that they have since taken down. Because they realise how bad it looks. Uh, thankfully, uh, I found a new uh, news article on fanbyte.com that, like, you know, has got the cap of it before they took it out and stuff. Why do they even try to do this? I you don't know. know. It's like It's people... been put out there. People have got the screenshots. Instantly. Um, so, yeah, in one of the, the questions that they, as I say, have now removed from the website, uh, the question says, once it is no longer possible to purchase software in Nintendo eShop on Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS family of systems, many classic games from Plus 4... Past platforms will cease to be available for purchase anywhere. Will you make classic games available to own in some other way? If not, then why? Doesn't Nintendo have an obligation to preserve its classic games by continually making them available for purchase? Is that literally what they wrote? That was the question that Nintendo wrote on their FAQ. Why would they set themselves up like that? (laughs) Just just leave it blank. (laughs) They dunked on themselves. Yeah, because they're basically highlighting a problem fans have with. If they didn't say anything, they can claim ignorance. But now they're, they're acknowledging that they have a moral obligation to keep the <laughs> arts they created available for purchase. They literally put that. Doesn't Nintendo have an obligation in there? It's oh my god. What did they say in response? What is the answer to this queue? What's uh, the A so to this queue? There's three A's because there's three bullet points. Uh, so number one. Across our Nintendo Switch Online membership plans, over 130 classic games 
are currently available in growing libraries for various legacy systems. The games are often enhanced with new features such as online play. So 130 classic games are available with paid subscription services that you can't buy to just keep in perpetuity. That's not an answer. Like we're asking, we want to buy the other stuff. It's like well, we have some of them. It's like, but not all of them. Yeah, just 130 classic games over like what NES, SNES, uh, Mega Drive slash Genesis, and uh, N64. And a lot of those libraries are much much smaller on the Switch than they were on the 3DS or Wii U, and some consoles are just not there. Uh, and the next point they make is. Um, we think this is an effective way to make classic content easily available to a broad range of players. Within these libraries, new and long-time players can not only find games they remember or have heard about, but other fun games they might not have thought to seek out otherwise. Like, this is a response to the question, why? Like, this is their answer and their justification for taking away these same libraries. They're like, well, we, we make them available, everyone's going to play them. Yep, and it's like, oh, uh, do you have any way to make them available to own at all like no okay do you have any plans to like bring all of the games that are on 3ds and wii u across to switch nope no and what's the other one and then just lastly we currently have no plans to offer classic content in any other ways so they're talking about how like yeah like, we're taking it down because there's so many other ways for you to access this content. We're not going to let you do that, though. <laughs> it's just that little, like, twist of the knife at the end. Of, like, yeah, you can access the content. You're going to put any more on there. Well, why would we do that? Because we want to play We want to play it. Like, we literally like, want to pay you to play Will you give me you... an option to just buy Super Mario World on its own? No. Thanks, Nintendo. Why would they put that out there? It's like such an easily Well, they didn't call. They never they put that out there. It doesn't it, exist. They deleted it. <laughs> does, it does Nintendo think that like FAQ, like internet uh, like uh, content works the same way their games do, where if once they take them down, no one can access it anymore? I feel Is like that... they're the same kind of person that would send an email and then delete it. And think like, well, now you can't see it. What are you doing? <laughs> so, I've deleted it. It's like, yeah, but it's already been sent. I've deleted it. Yeah, I deleted it on my end and you can't see it. <laughs> Why? It's such a self-inflicted wound. Yeah. There's no reason for them to say that. <laughs> the, the obligation line got me. Yeah, like, that's the thing. If you're going to put that line down, like... You think a giant corporation is going to like put the most mealy mouth, like both sides, shit in there? Like, oh, maybe yeah, that mm-hmm. the politician's answer of like a completely non-committal answer that doesn't give you a question. Like, if you're writing the question in which you're answering, make the question a bit more favourable. Give yourself you. a softball. Yeah. Like- they gave themselves the most hard of hard, like they beamed themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's like not that's a ball being thrown directly at their forehead <laughs> at Mac three. Is that? Oh, you're gonna lay me up? No, I'm gonna fucking dunk you. That's what I'm gonna do. It's like, wait, no, this is you work for us. Why are you doing this? Like they're standing directly in front of the pitching machine, balls first. So like, <laughs> I can take it. 
What even is that? How do you respond to that from a company? I don't know. Like, don't you think you've got on, like an obligation to provide this content for like you know fans of your legacy content? No. No, fuck you. <laughs> it's not great. Thanks. Uh that's incredible. Because I heard like snippets of this. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. Because there is and an argument about this, isn't there? There is, yes. About like, and I think me and you were both the same thing. Of like, it'd be nice if they did, but we understand why they don't because they're mm-hmm. a company, and at the end of the day, they exist to make money. It sucks that it's not profitable for them. Even if it is profitable, it's not profitable enough for them to make this content available for users. Yeah, and especially like when you see that, for example, um, the Nintendo Switch Online emulation, even though I think that for a casual person, I've mentioned this before, like it's perfectly acceptable amount of emulation to just casually jump on and be like, oh yeah, I remember this game. Yeah. Um, and as they say, they even do have like improved features like online play for like NES, SNES games and N64 games and stuff that never had it in the first place. At the same time, though, the emulation on the Wii was better because the emulation team understood the architecture of the N64 more. So, like, mm-hmm. if I could still access that store on the Wii, I could just buy that Wii emulated version that literally runs better than it does 15 years later on the Switch. It, it just makes no sense, though, because like they're admitting that you can still access it, which means that it exists on servers that they're paying to maintain. They're just mm-hmm. only letting people who already paid for it access it. It's like yeah, a, and obviously, a, like, we don't know the back end of what the difference is between I, I don't know, having but... an open store and having a store that you can just download the information from. But... but I'm just baffled that there's not just a constantly evolving and expanding digital storefront. Because well, look at the Microsoft store. It's just, it's infinite. On Xbox, I'm, like, on my Xbox Series X, I can just go to the store and it's got options from the original Xbox all the way up until the Series S and X. And obviously, not every game is backwards compatible from the 360 and OG Xbox, but the Xbox One store is just the exact same store that is my Series S store. Yeah. That is the Series X store, that is any other store that you access on any other Xbox, and it all just works. I just can't believe it. And, and this is another classic it. Nintendo being Nintendo, like, so behind the times. Like, because you know the person who wrote that doesn't see the issue with it. Mm-hmm. And they're annoyed that people are getting mad that they can't access this content. It's like, why are you pissed off you can get Mario Bros. on the Switch? Because, but what about, I don't fucking know, um, like, Pop and Twin B or something like that? <laughs> like, how can I play that? Well, that's not on there. But it exists. It, it was a game you made. Yeah. Can I play it? No. Game preservation is important, and Nintendo openly just went, we have no obligation to provide any sort of game preservation at yeah. all. And that's, and that's where the argument I mentioned earlier, it's like, uh, I understand, and from the perspective of the business, of being like, we don't want to. A mm-hmm. business is going to business. It uh, is, yeah. But I think there's something to be said about the idea of preserving it for culture. And it's something mm-hmm. that's uh, touched upon in the uh, the movie, or the documentary, The People versus George Lucas. Uh, right. where George Lucas infamously refused to hand over a original print of the Star Wars trilogy for the Library of Congress in America. 
mm-hmm. uh, where they take movies. I think the criteria is aesthetically or culturally significant movies are stored for all time in the Library of Congress. So there is a constant um, record of their existence in the form in which they existed when they were released. So they have stuff like The Godfather in there, uh, I think like the Alien movies in there, like just any movie that's deemed important. And George Lucas refused to give them an original print. He only wanted to give them the special edition. Mm-hmm. And the Library of Congress like, no, we want the original version because that's the version that caused this series to be, as quoted, culturally significant. And he's like, no. And the documentary yeah. details like the fight to get George Lucas to hand these over. And it's like, it's he's well within his rights as the owner of the series to say no, but on a on some level, he owes it. Has he got an obligation to culture to at mm-hmm. least allow people to access? this thing because of how important it is it's like he's now it's bigger than he is like his creation he owns the creation but the impact as it has had it's like it has an impact on culture that uh, you know is divorced from his input Mm -hmm. and it gets when he reaches that point you can't control it anymore but he's still trying to and this has been an ongoing problem with the star wars like editions over time because I i believe it's like the VHS certain copies that were like launched in the 90s that fans you know have kind of come to an agreement of like yeah this is the best version of Star Wars or at least it's the most uh, complete version of Star Wars that's true to the original vision that yeah and that this... like fixes a couple of bits that were like a problem in the initial initial release but don't have all of these like just random um extra CGI characters and stuff like that and retcon input in and stuff. Yeah, and it's... Um, uh... But it's it, even though people are clamouring for those additions, there still isn't an option to go back and watch, you know, Star Wars A New Hope version 1.04 instead of, like, the new version. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, the argument can be made, like, a business or a creator is allowed to control their content anyway that we see. See, but... Once it gets to a certain point, yes, there's an argument to be made. Like you owe it to culture, mm-hmm. like, and I think I'd find it like quite um, what's the word now? Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, compl- I'd see it as a huge compliment that my work had reached such a level. Like that's in the Library of Congress. Like once that's at that point, your film is going to live forever, or as long as culture exists. As long as humanity exists in its current form, your mm-hmm. movie will survive. And he's so egotistical about it. He's like, no. Yeah. Which is, in a way, it's impressive. It, I mean, impressive is the right word for it. It's impressively stubborn. It is, yeah. To be that committed to your vision, which I do respect in a way. But at the same time, like, come on, just give in. Just let let them have it. Stop being such a stubborn bell end and yeah. admit that, as you say, it's bigger than him at this yeah. point. Same thing with like uh, these video games now, where like Nintendo refuse to acknowledge their existence. It's like, okay. It's like, yeah, I understand that. Then probably not gonna let it get to a point where we don't have access to Super Mario Bros anymore. But there's like the but more obscure stuff. Every single generation of consoles that we've had where they've tried to give us some kind of classic offering of games the library has been whittled down more and more to the games that nintendo themselves has deemed like 
culturally worthy of still being acknowledged. Yeah, and I don't like the idea of any media getting to the point that music does. Like, Joe, if you go on like a best of 80s playlist and it's just the same 100 songs, it's like, it was like 40,000 songs released in the 80s. Like, even mm-hmm. every single band that's in this list of best like, hits in the 80s probably had like six other albums during that decade. And I'm sure that band would be pissed off if all of those songs disappeared. Uh... I mean, yeah, and that's the thing is, I'm going to just do something now. Okay. I've like, I'm going to get a list of Super Nintendo Entertainment games. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to check how many are on, like, the Switch Online service. This might take all day, mate, because I want to say there is a good, like, 800 games on that list. Like, think about how many Uh, Dragon Ball games are just on the SNES. Yeah, so uh, of the consoles, this is just according to Wikipedia... List of Super Nintendo Entertainment System games. There are 1,757 official releases. Okay. And then you're going to like how many are on the virtual store? I'm just going to do a quick bit of math on this, are we? Uh, yeah, so Switch Online SNES games. I think one of the things so, you could probably do with this is like knock a couple hundred off because there's a few special editions and things like that. Uh, yeah, of course. And like to put that into perspective, like 1,757 um, games were released, but it says 721 were released in North America, plus four championship cartridges, 522 in Europe, yeah. uh, 1,448 in Japan, 231 on Teleview. So depending on where you are, like you are only getting access to, you know, like, I'd say 700 and something in America, 500 on something in Europe. So it's not as if everybody would have had access to those games. Yeah, it's also worth pointing out a lot of them are probably the same game for um, different regional differences. Uh, potentially, yes. Or with regional differences or, like, the different versions of the game release. Like, even, like, the console itself look different based on the market you're in. Mm-hmm. So I think if we just, like, you know, just say... Let's just say, like, a thousand unique games. Let's really trim it down. So there's a thousand plus... Uh, yeah. Super Nintendo games. So how many can you get on the Switch? How many of this thousand can you get on the Switch? Well, Poppin' Twin B is on there, Carl. That's why I mentioned it. I mentioned it because it is on there, because that's why I remember oh, it. Okay. I actually have the physical copy of that game behind me on my shelf. Oh, nice. Do you know what, do you, uh, while you're going through this list, I can just go grab a selection of my SNES games, and we'll see if they're on there. Yeah, cool. Because I have them like literally on hand now, so give me one second. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going through here, and it's like... Um, there's games like Super Mario World, Link to the Past, F-Zero, Kirby's Dream on 3, Demon's Crest, Breath of Fire. I don't know why there's like, on this Nintendo.com Here we go. model, they've got gaps where they're like, um, categorised, but they're not categorised like in any steaming way, because Kirby's Dream Land 3 is in the pile with F-Zero and A Link to the Past, but then Kirby Superstar is with like, Paneled Upon. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is just big clumps of like what order they were released in, maybe. Uh, perhaps, like, or maybe like regional the... things. Like they, they mm. all came out in like um, uh, or time wise, maybe. Might yeah, potentially. Have you got the full list in front of you now? Uh, I do. Yes. Okay, so the physical SNES cartridges that I have, um, mm-hmm. like these are my personal collection when I was a kid that um, uh, my dad held on to and I saved from when he moved because he was going to throw them all away. Right, yeah. And I believe these all still work. Uh, I do not have any of the original packaging because, yeah, Nintendo had the great idea to put them all in boxes. Yeah. 
and as a kid you're just kind of like that box got disintegrated well, well why would i why would i keep the box it's just yeah. a box not to mention as well the idea of trading in or selling games did not exist when i was a child and had access to these but uh, in no particular order the first game i have is the animaniacs is animaniacs the game on there uh animaniacs the game is not on there now okay so i have a physical copy of a game you literally cannot obtain legally via the nintendo switch it exists mm-hmm. i'm holding it in my hand i can't play it unless i plug in my physical cartridge into the snas console that i own and figure out a way to get it to run through my hdcv and i'm fairly certain that animaniacs is also not on the like SEN, snes classic either uh it does you know it does have the original nintendo seal of quality on it though no, I mean, like, you know, the mini console. Oh, the mini have, console, like, the, yeah. the 20-odd games on there. Right, the next one I have is Super Metroid. I'm going to guess uh, Yeah, on Super there. Metroid's on there, yeah. Super Metroid, on my co- my copy is battered all to fuck, so I played this so much as a kid. <laughs> so we've got Super Metroid. The next one, Super Mario All-Stars. Yeah, that's on there, yeah. And that's the one that has Super Mario Bros, Super Mario 2, Super Mario Bros 3, and Super Mario Bros, the Lost Levels on it. So that's, like, one of the first collections. Like Nintendo used to love doing collections because that's got like four Mario games and, at once on it. Um, they're like remastered in like the Super Mario World art style as well to yeah. bring them to like sixteen bit. I actually got and, super surprised when I played the original Super Mario. This is not what this game looks like. Yeah, because the first experience I had of Mario was playing the original three Mario games, but on the, the All Stars SNES version. Yeah, so, so I got a bit confused well. when I was like, you know, ten years old, and I got to play the NES version instead. Okay, so the next one I have is Super Tennis. Super uh, Tennis. Not Super Mario tennis, tennis is on there, yeah. Super Tennis is on there, okay. And then we have Super Mario Kart. Uh, Super Mario Kart's on there, yeah. Super Mario Kart is on there as well. Okay, Poppin' Twin B. Poppin' Twin B is on there as well. I love that game. Poppin' Twin B is so good. Next one, Tiny Toons Adventures, Buster Bus Loose. Uh, it does not look like that one's on there. That's a really fun game as well. We'll have to figure out, you've got a way to play these on a screen, haven't you? Uh, it broke, so not the moment, but I'm going to okay. buy another one. So we'll, things, we'll be I able do to have you. a lot of classic consoles, maybe we'll figure out a way to do something with these. Then uh, the next one I have is Super Scope 6. Um, this is the Japanese version of the game that my girlfriend got me from Japan. Uh, no, I don't think any game that utilizes the Super Scope is on here, as far which, as I'm aware. Which means you don't have Yoshi's Safari. Uh, no. Which um, is Nintendo Scope certified, and I do have a Nintendo Super Scope as well. I, have, I can confirm, yeah. Uh, I've seen that TV have, in your your apartment. I have Starwing. Uh, that's Star Fox, right? Star, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a uh, Starwing. Is what it's Starwing like. over in Europe, but yeah. Star Fox is on this list, and Star Fox Two. Okay. Which was never released until the SNES Classic came out because. That game was famously pretty much ready to go out to retail, and they scrapped it. Oh. That game was pretty much done and never got released. And then the final game, not a game I have, but piece of hardware, is the Super Game Boy, which is the cartridge that allows you to play Game Boy games on your SNES. So, Carl, what you're telling me is that you can play Game Boy games on an SNES, but not on a Switch. Preserving those classic games, Nintendo. Yeah. And I did do a count. There is currently, as of the um, 16th of February 22, because uh, Earthbound just got released recently. Yes. Uh, there is 51 
different titles on here, most of which have online multiplayer added to them. Or a good majority of them. That's pretty dire. Yeah, 51 out of... Even if you're just going off Europe, of like 522 games in Europe released for the SNES, that's a tenth of those games. And admittedly... Like my the majority of my library that I have and my childhood, the games I played are represented on that list. The ones that they have, but still, I'm not representative of everybody. The probably people out there who play the SNES who have different games to me. Yeah, sure. I think like me having ten SNES games is pretty good because that means like you know, those things were expensive as a kid. So I'm appreciative of the fact that we had all these games. I have yeah, no idea sure where that one came from. <laughs> there those things where they just got like. We always had the one console behind everyone else, so when family members would get rid of theirs, we'd get all their old shit. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So like when we had, um, the, we still had the SNES when my cousins had Playstations. Like the hand-me-down console. Yeah. Like we had an Atari 2600 for a bit. You know that was, that was made of fucking wood. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> says wood sheen. No says future, like fucking wood. It's like, what do we want to make this look like? I don't know, the inside of a Jaguar? Like, okay, premium product, I get it. And yeah. I think, like, that was what they were going for, but, yeah. That, that veneer. Family, yeah, it aged very, very poorly. But, yeah, we had the, the generation previous. That's how I ended up, like... Because um, uh, I did used to have Killer Instinct, but I swapped it for Super Metroid. That's a fucking good swap, though. With a, with a neighbour who moved, and we never got we never got Killer Instinct back. I think you traded up there, mate. I did as Like, well, Killer though. Instinct is pretty good, but Super fucking Metroid... But my brother really liked Super, uh, Killer Instincts. We had um, uh, one of those early third-party controllers that had a turbo button on it. Oh, yes. And I even imagine you playing like fucking Jago with the turbo button. Like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, our sanity. And, uh, speaking of which, Killer Instinct, not on here. Is it not? Oh, no. That's a shame. Killer Instinct's awesome. Uh, yeah, so like already there's just one very quick, easy example of one that doesn't exist on here and all like i genuinely didn't realize until now because i've got the uh the snes classic as i say with mm-hmm. a version of street fighter 2 on here but street fighter 2 is not on here it's just how how is street fighter 2 not represented here and i guess the answer is because capcom want to sell you their version of it on the switch instead almost guaranteed that that's the case. And, and that's, that's the reason why a lot of like the Castlevanias on are here and like Mega Kana- Man and stuff. And it's presumably why you don't have the Animaniacs game because that was a Konami game. Oh, uh, okay. It was really good as well. I remember having so much fun on that as a kid. Is that like um, some kind of defunct developer I've never heard of? No, no. Konami, did you say? <laughs> okay. Speaking really- of like company that doesn't want you to play their fucking game. Konami. It was really, really fun to play Animaniacs because you had like three, you had three lives, and the three and lives. It was the... each of the right. Yeah. And if you lost, um, you could go to the Warner Bros. Tower and release them and get your lives back. Oh, that's, that's cool. what you had to do. What do you remember the names? Uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. That's it. Yakko, yeah. I fucking love the Animaniacs. I loved it as a kid, um, and I've not watched like the reboot version. I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard it's not going to be as good as the original. The original like, unless the reboot's also got Steven Spielberg working on it. That's the thing. I think the good and bad part is the fact that they're very self-aware of what they're doing, but obviously it's still very hard to capture that. 
that old school Animaniacs feel. Like that chaotic energy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going through the list now that's on here. There's like there's so many games that I'm just looking at and going, fuck yeah, I want to play that. Like I want to play Chess Master. <laughs> I want to play Chess Master and the Clock Tower games. Why the fuck not? Um, so, Carl, should we go through the list of SNES games yet? Is this one we're able to access? Okay. No, no, I, I was joking. Like I was saying, like, should we go through the entire Wikipedia page? Uh, you can pick a, like, a letter. The, I should we, we go through 1,700 <laughs> SNES titles? Let's, let's pick a letter. Let's pick... Well, uh, S, surely, super. But that's going to be so many. It's going to be so many. I'm wondering how many it is. Oh, my God. Let's There's go through L. Lucas. Let's go through L. L for Lucas. Name. Yeah. I'm on the list as well, so it starts for me with Lady Stalker Challenge from the past. So you just want to I go through it. and keep switching off. Yeah, sure. So Lady Stalker Challenge from the past, and with like, if we no one will do it, just like as an example of how many like games are on this system, we just go through L. Oh my god, like there's so many in L that I've never heard of. Yeah, and that followed by uh, Lucas Lagoon. Then we have Lamborghini American Challenge. Uh, La Place Nomar. I don't know how to say like th- these are going to be some. Uh, Japanese like exclusive yeah. titles in here as well. It's unreleased. It says here, look. Unreleased. Oh yeah, uh, no, it was uh, unreleased in North America, yes. Europe. Okay, Laser Birdie getting the hole. I want to play that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and then Last Action Hero. Fuck yeah, video uh, that, movie. That based off the movie. It is indeed. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Last Bible Three. But you missed one, Carl. The Last Battle. Oh, the Last Battle. It was so last battle, I didn't even know about it. But then you got distracted by the last Bible 3. It's like, how many last Bibles are there? Yeah, I love that. Last Bible 3. It's like Final <laughs> Fantasy 7. Carl, 16. Come on. Yeah. There's 16 final games from that series. And there's next, obviously spin-offs and stuff. The next one we get a lawnmower, man. The Virtual Wars. Oh, in Japan it was called Virtual Wars. Fuck it, yeah. How does that translate... Virtual Wars, also known as the Lawnmower Man. I'm Lawnmower very confused. Man. It's fucking horrifying. I hate Lawnmower Man. And then next is Leading Company. And then Leading Jockey. Leading Jockey 2. Legend. The Legend of the Mystical Ninja, the um, legend... which is the Goemon game, yeah. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Oh, man, in Japan, Triforce of the Gods. Yeah, it is, yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, and then good old, like... British game over here, Lemmings. I love Lemmings. Then Lemmings 2. Lemmings 2, the tribes. Oh, man. Lemmings was so fucking fun. And I don't... Like, is the aim to just get all your Lemmings to the end of the level to jump off it? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, because Lemmings like to jump off cliffs or seemingly do... And, yeah, I know before someone sends us an email, that is propaganda put out by Disney where they push Lemmings off a cliff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Someone's going to correct us on that one. Because like, so that's, that's why I said it so hesitantly. I was like, I'm pretty sure that that's not true. It's just something that's like put in those games that's not actually accurate. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, then there's Lester the Unlikely. And then Lethal Enforcers. And then Lethal Weapon. And then Liberty or Death. Uh, Libby Rabby from Namco. Then Light Fantasy. And Light Fantasy 2. And the Lion King. Which is Fuck yeah, I've got that one on the Switch. Isn't there a bunch of people who were like... the like, That was one of those games where it was literally a different game based on which system you played? Yes, so the like Genesis Mega Drive versions of The Lion King and Aladdin 
and maybe other Virgin Interactive Disney games around that time, I believe, uh, were like different for each version. And I've got that um, Aladdin Lion King game on Switch where they include every single version and give ah, like, loads of behind the scenes and stuff. It's really cool. That's really interesting. We've got Little Magic after that. Uh, Little Master Nijiro no Maseki. Yeah, uh, live Alive. Butchering that. Which is that one that's live out, Alive. Live Alive, that, sorry. That's that one that's got remastered. Japanese game that's getting remastered, yeah. And the one that we were both like, what the fuck is Live Alive? And then it's like, oh, it's just Japanese game and Square yeah. want to push out. But yeah, I just saw a breakdown cool. of it. Like, this is one of the most, like, uh, ambitious games made of the era where it's like six different RPGs with six different play styles with cross non-linear storytelling and it all combines into like an like a, um, uh, a narrative where it combines all these different systems at once you're like holy fuck and they're like oh there's one set in prehistoric times but it's there's no dialogue because it's before language was invented and you're like what the fuck yeah apparently it's a if anyone wants, you know, a modern comparison, it's essentially like Octopath Traveler. Um, well, yeah, as you say, you just all these different characters have their own stories, and you play as each one, and then it all combines together. It's that sounded cool a few years ago. Yeah, and this game 18. came out in '94. Yeah, eighteen years ago. But then after that, we've got Lock On, Super Air Diver in the year. Carl, Carl, just want to say that's not eighteen years ago. That's twenty-eight. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Nearly 30 years ago, whatever. Shut up. It's like, Carl, uh, we're up. older than we remember. Shut up. Keep going. Uh, so, Loadrunner Twin Dusty to Libertino Daiboken. Again, um, I don't know how to pronounce these Japanese words. Lodos Tosenkai, record of Lodos War. Uh, Logos Panic. Looney Tunes B-Ball. Fuck yeah. I've not played that, but that sounds rad. It does. I imagine that that's just like NBA Jam with a Looney Tunes skin on it. Absolutely, and that should be a game. Like the fact we can't play that is a crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we've got Lord Monarch, and then my dad's favorite game, The Lost Vikings. Fuck yeah, The Lost Vikings! I love The Lost Vikings. It's really fun, yeah. And Lost Vikings two after that as well. We should be able to play those games. We should be able to definitely. We might be able to on Xbox now they own it. Now the I, I'm not sure that I could argue for like the Madden games all need to be on here, but Lost Vikings, you know, maybe one of them, the Lost Vikings, should definitely fucking be on there. Mm-hmm. After Lost Vikings, two Lucas, what do we have? We let's have try and go through, let's go a bit quicker. Uh, Lucky Luke, uh, Lufia and the Fortress of Doom, Lufia two, Rise of the Sinestrals, Lupin three, Denetsu no Hyo. You can get all the Japanese ones, don't you? And that's the last one in the L's, yeah. Uh, so that was like, what? As a good, good, like 30, 40 games there. I'm, I'm wondering if like Lupin 3, is is that a in sequel what? to Lufia 2? Or... Maybe. I'm Maybe it's its own to... thing. Yeah. And that's just like one letter from how many games did we get? And... I would say that's 90. nearly as many games as are available on the SNES online on Switch. Just with one letter. Yeah. <laughs> and at least a handful of them are ones that we want to play again. Like I want to play Lemmings again. I want to play like that Lion King game. Mm-hmm. I want to play like um uh, Last Action Hero because just for the curiosity's sake, see how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Looney Tunes B Ball or um uh, The Lost Vikings. Those games are all those games are all rad. But again, I think 
you could make the argument that, okay, don't put them all on a subscription service, but a lot more of these games should have tried to be preserved and, yeah. you know, should be available to people to buy in a way that isn't having to track down an original SNES copy of these yeah. things. The way I think about it is it's a great quote from Vic LaFontaine, who was the voice of movie trailers um, uh, for many years, where hmm. they asked him, so what about if you're doing a movie trailer for a shit movie? Yeah, well, I don't like to think of movies as being bad because every movie is somebody's favourite movie. And I think mm-hmm. this way of like every single game we just mentioned there is someone out there's favorite video game. And that yeah. alone means it's like has value, at least to that person. And maybe it's not like economically, or maybe it doesn't make sense economically um, or financially to put that game out, but at the very least to preserve its existence. Yes. The fact that I'm now looking up Looney Tunes B Ball and like yeah, it is an NBA jam style two on two. For, like up to four player SNES game, it's like oh my, there's no way for me to play this. Yeah, I want to dunk on someone's Taz. Like, there's that, like, there's no way out. for me to play that other than going and having to buy it and also have a Super Nintendo that still works and a TV that I can hook it up to. Like that shouldn't be the way that we have to deal with playing old games. Yeah, and I'm looking at it now as well, and it has. All the cast, and it's voiced. Oh, it's voiced as well. Only by one guy, which makes me think it's the guy who was directing, because they're all apparently <laughs> done by Greg Burson. Okay. Oh, yeah. he was the, uh, the replacement voice actor for Mel Blanc, so he was the official voice actor of the entirety of the Looney Tunes cast at oh, the time. Oh, God. Oh. And you've got Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, Wiley Coyote, Tasmanian Devil, Yosemite Sam, Sylvester the Cat, and Marvin the Martian. I want to dunk on someone as Marvin the Martian. <laughs> I want like the fucking Space Jam Redux. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah, that's upsetting that we have no realistic way of playing that game. Yeah, I'd like the SNES multi-tap. Yeah. It had power-ups and force fields. Oh, man. Uh... I'm definitely not. I'm so upset. This little in the cover is just fucking Bugs Bunny dunking on Wiley Coyote. And he's like, fuck you. And it came out before Space Jam did. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you see, it predates Space Jam because it's 1995. Isn't Space Jam 96? Uh, research. Uh, 96, yeah. He says here as well. Oh, man, listen to this feature. The game ball will at random turn into a dog. And it runs around <laughs> like, the court. What? <laughs> that sounds awesome! It does. Because that, you know what that is? That's for kids. That's mm-hmm. like the Mario Kart blue shell of like, okay, if you're really good at the game, it must be annoying. But for kids, that makes it fair. Oh, no. And we can never play this game. Well, if you want to buy it from Germany for 100 quid, we can. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> That's the thing. If, we, if I paid 100 quid for that, we're not going to make 100 quid off any like streams involving it unless we become, Looney, no, Tunes, unless we become Looney Tunes b-ball streamers. <laughs> which we might be the only people in the world who ever played that game online on Twitch. In which case, oh. Do you know what I'm going to do right now? Uh, Lucas, like, plug your Twitch stuff. I'm going to log into mine and see if Looney Tunes b-ball is a Twitch category. Okay. <laughs> Well, you can find me uh, over on Twitch.tv slash Legend of Canto. And where else and, can I uh, find you? 
you'll find a link in the description on whatever like podcast service you're using and as i say uh there'll be lots of destiny 2 being played next week when the witch queen expansion comes out lucas looney tunes b-ball is a category on twitch on twitch oh, do you know what i'm gonna do how do you search for categories on twitch i'm gonna put uh, looney tunes b i'm gonna search looney tunes b-ball nobody is streaming it right now there's nobody, nobody. In the, no one's but there are a couple people who have Oh, they're all past videos of it, yeah. Yeah, there's one from, like, uh, a few days ago. Like, where they streamed it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is, like, or the next one is, like, a guy who did it three years ago. And he's got oh, 15 man. views. We could do it, Lucas. <laughs> we, we could become the most profitable, successful Looney Tunes b-ball streamers in the world. All it all cost us is £100. Oh, God. And a German SNES. Uh, I believe it should just work because it will be pal. Of course it will, yes. So in which case, yeah, if, uh, follow me on Twitch uh, at Carl's Wood. Not Carl Smallwood, Carl's Wood. K-A-R-L-S-W-O-O-D. Again, link should be in the description. And maybe you'll see us play Looney Tunes B-Ball. I'm really tempted, but like we won't make a profit on that. <laughs> we'll never make a profit. And Joe you know what? That's just us confirming why Nintendo won't re-release it. It's not yep. worth us paying £100 to play it if we're not going to make a profit on it. And mm. that's a show, it's a perfect example of why it's um, so difficult to get. It might only cost Nintendo £100 to like host it on their servers for a year, but if they don't make 100 quid selling it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I, as you mentioned, I can understand from a business perspective why this is happening, but it doesn't stop it sucking ass.